You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Hi, you're listening to Behind Closed Doors. This is Kitty Galore, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sasha Sidek. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex work radio show. Sasha, we have been on uncharted territory here because Mm. this month of November, we have been raising awareness about men and why it's important to get men on board with us to fight for women's rights, to fight for sex worker rights and to end family violence as well. I agree, but from last week's show, I said we don't really need men to protect us. We just need men to stop protecting other men. Other men who are doing the wrong thing. Mm, mm -mm. Well, The way I like to see it is that we all need to work together. Let's put gender aside and start seeing one another as human beings who can support and help each other to improve our society and our communities as well. Let's help keep our world safe. I know. I totally get it uh, where you're coming from, Fidi. But I think some women or female um, are still grieving um, from the trauma that the men have caused them. So, you know, we don't know what they're going through, you know. Um, But yeah, of course, when you go through that kind of trauma, you're being beaten up by a man. And um, I think men is the last thing they want to support or being supported. It's so important to not overgeneralize because sometimes Mm. men do that with us as well, right? Like all sex sex workers. workers. Yeah. Fuck them, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in this episode, we are inviting another guest. Um, We are going to be speaking to someone who goes by the name of Jump Daddy, who runs a podcast that talks about relationships with dads. So in this particular episode, the term daddy is going to be used in a way to just represent a father-daughter relationship and nothing too kinky. Not my kind of daddy. I love you to use that word, daddy. Yes, you'll hear Sasha be cheeky, but just a heads up to all the listeners. When we use the term daddy here, we're going to be referring to a genuine father-daughter relationship. Let's find out more with Mr. Jump Daddy. Let's invite Jump Daddy on air. Hi, Jump Daddy. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. It's such an interesting episode because we've been planning this for months. Please tell us about the podcast that you're running. Yeah, so the podcast is called Dad to Me. And what we do is we get grown children like yourself and myself 
uh, into the studio first and get them to tell us a bit about their dad. And then more to the point, some questions that they've always wanted to ask their father, but they've never quite been able to do so. You know, it's too embarrassing, it's scary, or they just don't have that kind of relationship. Right. Mm. So we get that on tape, and then we say bye-bye to the adult kids, and we actually then get Dad in the studio. Um, And so here's the thing. Without any other family members there, we, the hosts, myself and Dr. Tom, pose these questions from their child to the dad. And, yeah, you'll be amazed at how the dads open up when, when their kid or their, their partner or whomever isn't in the room. Um, so, yeah, it's about kind of using the power of, the power of media to, to, to make some, some, some family breakthroughs and open up some, some doors that sometimes seem to be closed. Yeah, to facilitate that connection. And as a sex worker mm-hmm. <laughs> who never disclosed their sex work to their parents, I completely right. feel this. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Well, I mean, you guys would be, um, if and when we do a season two, uh, you know, somebody such as yourself or somebody in this industry, wow, it could be a very powerful episode, but obviously something that uh, there's some what can we say, landmines around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, obviously I come from a very traditional Asian background and my dad is um, more traditional than Mm -hmm. even I am. I suppose the fact that Mm -hmm. I do sex work already puts me outside of traditional norms. But ultimately, I think maybe one of the reasons is because we don't disclose our sex work. You know, a lot of people hide this a vulnerable right. aspect about themselves, about their chosen profession uh, from the world, not just from their parents. And so we don't hear about all these sex workers and their relationships with their dads because they're obviously not disclosing their profession in the first place. Um, well, you know, Sasha, are you ready? Are you ready for this episode? Oh, yeah, totally. Bring it on. <laughs> because this isn't the typical type of daddy that you're so used I to. I know. Different kind of daddy here. Yep. Not my kind of daddy. Mm, Mm. Well, that's something we can definitely explore. So, obviously, sex workers, we all have dads. That's how the sperm met the egg and created (laughs) us. (laughs) Is that a fair statement? Yeah, totally. (laughs) They had sex. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, Yeah. you know, we need to have sex to procreate. And some of our listeners or, you know, people who are joining us in this conversation Mm. might not have a paternal father who's been there as they were growing up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, Jump Daddy, did you have any questions for us as sex workers and what our relationships with our dads might be like? Yeah, well, I, I, it's interesting to hear that. Uh, is it right that you, you both uh, haven't communicated the fact of your pr- profession to, to your father? Am I right on that, that point? Did you want to go first, Sasha? Well, I, unfortunately, I don't have a father. My father passed away right. when I was four, mm. and he didn't even get to see me transition into a woman because I'm a pro- right. trans woman of color. So, yeah, so I probably couldn't answer this. For me, Kitty, you could. <gasps> okay. <laughs> a big breath, Kitty, big breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I remember when I first started out in sex work, I was probably early 20s, late teens, okay? And I remember having a conversation with my dad saying that he no longer needed to support me financially, that I'm, you know, looking after myself now. And he said, how? 
<laughs> and in that moment, I froze and I said, um, "Well, I found a job entertaining men," and I left it at that. And my dad said, mm, "Okay." <laughs> so he thought you, you know, being Asian as well um, in the Asian country, they thought you probably a KTV hostess. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but you know, Dad didn't push me for a lot of answers. Yeah. He was just like, mm, "Okay, are you safe?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm wow. safe. You know, I look after myself. I think I'm doing okay." And he says, "Okay." Anytime you need money, you call me. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, Dad, but I'm calling you to let you know you you don't have to send me money anymore. It's okay, you know. Like, thank you so much, but yeah, I'm trying to look after myself now, and yeah. and that was it. Yeah. And I think he said to me, "Don't tell your mom." <laughs> yeah. You know what? In with me, my mom suspected probably because being trans and so so we always being a stereotype of being a sex worker. So my mom. Ask me this question: Why do you have a lot of money all the time? Mm. And I said, "Well, um, at the time, I said like, I got a rich boyfriend." That's, okay. Yeah. So I think she suspected because it, I grew up in Singapore. So if you both know, Orchard Towers is very famous in Singapore. It's the fourth floor uh, of h o u s e Yeah. So she did ask me this question. Um, you know, um, sometimes your aunt go to Orchard Towers and didn't see you there. I said, <laughs> I said, "What? I don't hang out there." <laughs> so she tried to dig out uh, my, yeah, my dirty business. But yeah, I always lied to her. So uh, oh, yeah, that's so funny. And because you grew up without a dad, mm. right? She played both those roles it, of yeah. father and mother to you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just concerned anyway. Yeah, of course. I think you know maybe Jump Daddy can correct me on this because you've interviewed so many parents and fathers, right? So the way I see it is that parents just want to know their kids are safe. That's my conclusion. Mm. What do you think, Jump Daddy? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, and I, and I guess absolutely fundamentally that's uh, something that that all parents hold for their child. I'm actually. About to become a father myself. <gasps> Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my fiance is pregnant, and uh, the, the baby's due in February. And it's funny how you go from before having the pregnancy of just being like, "Oh yeah, you know, have a kid, don't have a kid, whatever." Mm-hmm. But then, as soon as you you're in that situation of having the child as a possibility, you just want the child to be healthy and safe, and for the pregnancy to go well. And from what I've observed from uh, from other fathers, of course, that's an absolute. Sort of baseline thing. I guess it, it is. It, it is. It does get more interesting and perhaps challenging for people in your profession when I, 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 the the father has different expectations, uh, whether in terms of lifestyle or family structure. Mm. What What do you think your father's alive or dead? Sort of. I don't know. Did they have expectations? Oh you? yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was either going to grow up as a lawyer or accountant. <laughs> It's <laughs> so typical Asian, isn't it? Yeah, my parents wanted me to be a pilot. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm just thinking, like, if you don't mind, I'd love to ask you some questions because you're about yeah. to be a dad. So, mm. is this your first child? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm about to ask you some really. Challenging and fun questions, so feel free to defer to when you're off air if need be. <laughs> no, no. Look, I mean, we've you know we've interviewed a lot of families and they've been very open with us, so I'll I'll do my best. Okay, awesome. great. Awesome. Well, my curiosity is, what happens if your child grows 
up, they become older, and they choose a profession in sex work. How would you go about having a chat and about sharing with them how you feel? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good question because I guess I think at this stage before the child is born, you have a lot of ideas on, on, on how you're going to raise them and what that's going to mean for their, you know, their future and their character and things like that. I genuinely don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to lie and say I would be immediately positive about it or even say, you know, just be safe. Mm-hmm. I think I probably would initially try to dissuade them from that course. I love your honesty, um, by the way. Yeah. Um, but as to at what point in their life, whether that's even a, you know, a choice I can influence on them, is another question entirely. Uh, it was interesting to hear that, that in, in terms of you relating to your father about you know, some aspects of your profession. It, was, it coincided, it seems, with the point where you were financially independent. And at that stage, I guess the relationship takes on a, on a different thing where you're no longer the father and the protector or the parent and the protector, but you are another adult and... <laughs> you're dealing with another adult. Yes, um, there comes a time when every, every child does grow up. Um, and, you know, we sometimes like to joke in behind closed doors because obviously age is mandatory, but maturity is optional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that when you do get into sex work, you need a lot of maturity because you have to handle a lot of different scenarios and you come across just a wide variety of different clients. Um, I want to go back to your answer when you said you would try to dissuade them. Um, let's delve in a little bit into that. And I want to ask why. Is it because of the uncertainty that they might be at risk or the stigma that is very evident um, that's still around, unfortunately, that, you know, Sasha and I are on a weekly basis trying to dismantle? Can you share with us a little bit as to why you feel you would dissuade them? Yeah, well, I, I guess probably a few reasons, which, are, you know, yeah, I, I, I look forward to your own responses on them. But, yeah, I, I guess there's that, that fundamental sort of safety aspect, whether it's in terms of, you know, genuine safety, from what I understand, sex workers are more, uh, you know, have, have more victimized in terms of violence, in terms of as a workplace, um, but as well as if you are a receptive partner as a sex worker. Um, the the odds of getting STIs uh, are just higher. Um, more to the point, though, I guess for me, I've been very lucky, at least how I see it in terms of my own family life, of being very close to lots of members of my family and, and feeling that I've been able to share much of my personal, professional and, you know, where appropriate, private life with them. Mm. And that's a value I hold really really close and if if somebody's a, a, a sex worker that I think can can throw up some real challenges and, and not just about openness but yeah I mean I, I think it's interesting it'd be interesting to hear, hear, hear your guys thoughts on it but um, yeah whether whether sex work is whatever the opinions of other family members are you able to maintain 
good relations with your, you know, your immediate and your broader family in general, uh, which is something which is very important to me. You know, people always think that sex work is all about um, exchanging, um, you know, um, money for your body, but it's not. There's a lot of categories in sex work, like being a dancer, being a stripper, and also these days, only fan. You do. You create contents like online, webcamming. Web so, um, sure. yeah. So, um, it's getting very, really popular, especially during the um, the lockdown. I also want to quickly touch base about the risk of sex workers because research has actually shown that sex workers do look after their own sexual health, and more often than not, Correct. sex workers know to make sure to use the condom and to have. We uh, know the risk that we take. Well, we manage the risk. That's the important part, right? So for me personally, I can't speak for all sex workers, Mm -hmm. but I have a ball and cock hand and the other hands for my pussy. And these hands (laughs) never meet during the intercourse. And we do get tested as well every three months just for for ourselves, not... Not only for others, for ourselves too. Yeah, and peace of mind. So, for example, in my personal relationship, um, I tell my partner to go get tested even though he's just with me, Mm -mm. right? So Mm -mm. it's a monogamous relationship. But I just feel so much more comfortable that we both get tested. And he doesn't have to get it, you know, as tested as often as I do (laughs) (laughs) while I'm doing sex work actively. But at the same time, you know, I think what I want to highlight here is the importance of sexual health. And that's something Sasha and I stress about so often mm-hmm. here at Behind Closed Doors. It's not only, you know, the physical aspect about how to reduce the risk of um, sexually transmitted um, infections, but also to learn how to accept that we do have sexual needs as a human being. And when there's urges and you can't carry out those urges in a safe way, way then explore with yourself and um, find ways to yes masturbate (laughs) and to play with yourself because that's such a good and healthy outlet you know we as humans we are sexual beings and I think it's really tough that society doesn't yet accept that where do they think the children are coming from this is why we have behind closed doors to educate them Uh, to (laughs) to slowly bridge the gaps Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. Kitty, I'm pretty sure you have more questions. You seem intrigued with Jump Daddy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that you are actually interviewing both the child and then the father to answer the difficult questions. I'm curious, Jump Daddy, why do you refer to yourself as the Jump Daddy, given that you are only soon to become a daddy yourself? Because <laughs> he's a daddy. Yeah, so, you know. And it's, and it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a very racy story. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's even perhaps a little bit lame. But basically, uh, a few summers ago, I find my, found myself jumping off a jetty, jumping off a big pier. Uh, at, at a beach, so about, you know, uh, five, eight metres up off the water. And as I was throwing my, about to throw myself in, I realised the only other people dumb enough to do it were teenagers. <laughs> and I am not a teenager. <laughs> I'm a grown-ass man. And so from that, the sort of the nickname Jump Daddy came about, uh, and, and it stuck. But it's funny talking to you, to you guys. I, 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 it never even occurred to me 
in at the time the the, the sort of the daddy reference and how obviously daddy uh, oh taken in all sorts of different you haven't ways. met Sasha but, uh, yet <laughs> yeah. you know what whenever I see a really hot man I would just call him daddy and he respond usually because he know what it means <laughs> so is that you daddy hang on you yeah, actually we'll t- close your eyes imagine me <laughs> yeah. it's a compliment it's a compliment yeah yeah, yeah. yeah 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 but are you disclosing to us Sasha that you do call random men on yeah, the street yeah, daddy yeah. I mean with the LGBTQIA plus community it's, it's a slang for us to call hot men daddy mm. what you just got to know now I, I'm oh, curious oh, okay. like what, what about what about when men see a hot woman like they call d- them hey mama <laughs> <laughs> I just so, don't want to encourage double standards. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Usually they will call hey mama or, you know. But daddy has been used for quite some time with the LGBT community just to refer a hot man. I tell you the most recent term that I love hearing people call me. They're like, queen. I'm yes. Like, yes. What do you want? I'm here. Let yeah. me serve you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, queen. <laughs> I want to go back to a question that Jump Daddy has so kindly asked Mm. us. I think, Jump Daddy, you said, how does our relationships with our extended family play out, given that we are Mm. sex workers? Mm. You want me to go first? Oh, you want to go first? You go first. Okay, I'll go first. You know what? It's been a really, really long time for me to keep this, um, my profession, um, you know, hiding it from my family members. But there's, Mm. it, it only... Probably like less than 10 years ago, I thought I just gonna embrace it. I just gonna own it. Um, because you know what? I'm tired of people um, judging um, other people because you're gonna be judged anyway. So at, at the end of the day, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not killing anyone. I'm not robbing anyone. So with my family members, actually, I think they know what I do because they do listen to my show. <laughs> <laughs> I told this because sometimes they saw the post on 3CR and said, Oh my God, I saw your post on so Instagram. On. You didn't tell them. I didn't, I didn't, it's not like a gender reveal to them. It's just like, you know, silently. I'm pretty sure they know and they never treat me differently. Oh. Yeah. So, you know what? Sometimes we overthink stuff. At the end of the day, this is 2021. They've learned a lot from social media, sex workers. It's sex work is work anyway. So, you know, so I'm just assume, but I know it's not assume. I know they know. Well, it sounds like it's a really healthy relationship in that family mm, because mm. they found out they're still supporting yes. you. They're like, Sasha, she my queen. Yeah. They even came on the show, remember? Your mom was on our show. My mom was on the show as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm tired of hiding anymore, so I'm just going to own it. I'll be really honest with you. My story is a bit different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) in my personal life, I think my family is a bit more sheltered. And, you know, I grew up from a very devout Christian family. So I had um, a really close auntie. She's a devout Christian. She wishes my gay uncles were straight and she would pray for them to become straight. And I made this decision that I needed to just be with the family that supported me because, you know, as she already mentioned, keeping this sex work as a secret is so tiring. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. When I used to, like, Mm. date guys, I have to lie to them all the time and it's exhausting. Sometimes I forgot my lies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when it comes to dating, that's fine. I'm like, I'm a sex worker. If you can't deal with it, goodbye. But But when family, like, I hold them so dear. I love each and every one of them so very much. And it pained me 
to draw that boundary line to say, I'm not going to keep people in my life who are not mm. going to support my sex work. So I chose to step back from being uh, in close contact with a lot of my family and only be in contact with those who I knew was going to be supportive of my choice of profession. So <laughs> that's where I'm at today. Like it's actually such a wonderful journey because I find myself uh, more happy, less burdened, yeah. less tired about, you know, I don't have to keep this secret anymore because for the, for the family members who are aware of what I do, there's no secret there to keep. Yeah. And I'm a terrible liar. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with lies, especially when you're not good at it. Mm. <laughs> well, let's end with one more question. And this is a question for you, Jump Daddy. Okay. Mm. If your child, um, regardless of their gender, grow up, they choose to be a sex worker, you weren't aware. Okay. Um, and who knows how it might play out. This is only a hypothetical. Uh, how would you respond, given your answers previously, that you would dissuade them, but now they're already in it? How would you respond to them if they came to you and said, hey, dad, I want to share with you this part of my life. Here it is. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think something that I've learned hearing you know, various different fathers in our show hear challenging news or questions that they never expected. An important thing is to, to take time with it and for everyone to give each other time, both you know, as, as a father or as a parent learning something to not necessarily immediately rush to conclusions about everything that's going on. I think there's also a responsibility on, on the child and, you know, if the child is a sex worker or the child is whatever, to understand that, that the parent needs time as well and not just expect or require them to immediately say, fantastic! Yeah, I love <laughs> or, that. Or, or, or either way. Because they're doing sex work legally, mm. they would be over 18. Mm. Um, so they're young adults, right? But the, mm. the relationship between parent and you know, young adult is still parent and child, Correct. right? Yep. Yep. So sure. it's yeah. it's a different dynamic. Mm. And like you said before, Jump Daddy, you said um, when the child grows up, they become a young adult. And now it's no longer a parent talking to their young child, but a, mm. an adult mm. talking to another adult. Yeah. The conversation has... will be different. Mm. I love this conversation. Yes. Can we continue this? <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I want to also add on to your answer of, um, you know, uh, giving each other time, time to think, space to think and not expect the parent to respond uh, immediately in a positive way mm. is to say that when a person discloses to another person that they are a sex worker, that's such vulnerable information. Yeah. And that's information that sex workers don't usually wear on their sleeves. They yeah. wait until <clears throat> they either A, want to build that bridge. Yeah. They want to build a bridge to close that gap and to teach the other person more about themselves. Or B, they trust the other person so much with this personal information. So I just want to say, like, it's such a privileged space to find out that someone is a sex worker is there some last message you would like to share with us, Jump Daddy, before we wrap up today? Yeah, no, well, thank you. You've been both such gracious hosts, and uh, it's, it's been really interesting to hear 
hear of your lives, your work, and, and, and your perspectives. I, I guess from my podcast and, and maybe from your podcast, perhaps it's, it's that, that theme and, and basically playing off what we just talked about there to, to give each other time. Uh, whatever situation we find ourselves in, particularly when it comes to family members, things can get, you know, explosive, difficult, very quickly. In the month of November, you know, we're raising awareness as well. Um, November. November, <laughs> raising yeah. awareness about men's health and men in general. Are you involved this year, Jump Daddy? Say again, please. So, so are you involved with the, um, I mean, like, are you... Um, uh, participating she's in trying November. to find she's trying to find out if you're growing yeah. a beard yeah no not yet <laughs> i i am november 365 days a year I'm oh not so the 80s start all year round november <laughs> 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 is my favorite um month because everybody have the mo and i think men looks pretty cute in with the mo i like clean shaven yeah. really yeah okay i like the 80s but that's that's a topic for another day yeah <laughs> Well, thank you so much again, Jump Daddy. Obviously, we can keep talking, but you know what? Let's mm. put a pin in it for perhaps 2022. We just want to <laughs> thank you so much for coming on air with us and being so raw yeah. with all the questions that we've had this evening. It's so fantastic to be yeah. bridging gaps and mm. to be speaking with men. You know, in the month of November, what I was going to say is that we're raising awareness to end family violence. And that starts with healthy relationships and everything we've covered tonight, yeah. whether it has to do with sex work or outside of sex work, it's all about healthy relationships. And a father and daughter relationship should also be a healthy one. Yeah. And if that means mm. giving each other space so that they can have a conversation without an, a violent explosion, then so be it. Thank you so much, Jam Daddy. Thanks, Kitty. Thanks, have a nice Jack. evening. This is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it. <laughs>